thank you guys for joining us again. I'm glad you guys are back. Those of you, for those of you catching up, it's fine. You won't miss too much, but you can always go back and look at what you might have missed earlier. Um, so, I mean, what an interesting season of Lent this has been. I mean, between everything going on in life, between the life here at church, just it's been wild, um, even as tonight. Right, and so I remember starting off this season a little reluctant, um, but also kind of excited. Uh, excited that I could have a, a dedicated season to just take a step back and to um, look at things a little different, to change the way I do things normally, to change the way that I might approach something before, to, to have a new start of saying, okay, now is the time when I'm going to give up again. Right, and in many ways, even during the season, I failed. I'll admit it, I had an ice cream sandwich, and I told myself I wasn't going to eat any desserts, and I'm like, oh man, I had one, and here I am, right? And so, and I know every day, and even in those moments, I'm always reminded, God, how much do I need you? How much more do I need God? And even in the midst of this, I'm sure many of us have found ourselves with some more time, and I decided during my time that I would uh, build my quarantine garden just in case, you know, all of this lasts like five years, I got something started, I'll have some zucchini, maybe, I don't know yet, nothing else has popped up, it's fine, I'm not mad at all. But, you know, I just decided, hey, I got a little extra time on my hand, I'm going to do this, so I, I tilled the ground by hand, I pulled out all the grass that was in our backyard, I went overboard and made it way bigger than it needed to be. And I just did, I spent hours doing this, just hours tilling the ground, hours planning my head what to do. I'd been thinking about it months before, and then I finally committed to doing it. And then I was out there and I made the little hills and I put the seed in the ground, you know, and then I'm like covering it up. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if anything's going to grow. Is it just going to be more dirt here or the same amount of dirt or less dirt because wind is blowing the dirt away? I don't, I don't know. But then I just stood and I just waited. I stood back and I said, now, now I wait. And now I wait just to see what's going to happen. And I can't help but think, even in this moment, that when I think about that waiting period, the disciples, even in this moment, when they're here with Jesus, have been waiting this whole time. They've had foreshadowings of what is to come. They've been able to travel with him. They, they were handpicked by Jesus to come alongside of him and to do his work. They've been handpicked to, to join as a part of that. They've been, they've been with him in weddings where he's turning water into wine. They've been with him as he's healing people. They've been with him as he's casting out demons. They've been with him as they're sleeping and in between the journeys and rocking on boats that are just being rocked back and forth by the wind and the waves and then seeing them calmed an instant later. They have been with him waiting and watching and learning. Right, and, and after all of these things, they find themselves this night at, at the table with Jesus. And Jesus, naturally doing what Jesus does, serves his disciples. He doesn't take and just stop and make this grandiose thing he's, and like make it about himself or what is to come or what it might be. But he says, let me, let me stop and serve you. And so he gets this towel, puts it around his waist, gets on his hands and knees, and washes the, the feet of his disciples. And I love all of this imagery because in my mind, it's this institution of servanthood that he's, he's seen it done before. Jesus has walked with them before and he's done all this. And now he's serving his disciples in a new way. Right. And there's institutions of a lot of things here. We even have even as tonight we'll go through the institution of the Lord's Supper. But Jesus, in, during this time, doesn't want to stop there. He continues to love his disciples. He continues to tell them of the good things that are to come. He says, I'm, I'm going to be giving you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be coming. is going to rest upon you. 
He's going to remind them also the troubles that are going to come because of the person that they follow, because they follow Jesus, and, and how that's going to be difficult. But he also prays for his disciples, and he, and he reminds them that if you give up your life for me, you will find joy and you'll find life. Right? And if you abide in me, you will grow. Right? And so Jesus never stopped serving, even to the point where he knew he was going to be taken away and put on a cross. He'd always been serving. And he does that even with his disciples in that moment, in that night. Um, we can see in John 13, 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So Jesus, after showing them what love is, in many of ways through the years beforehand, and even at this night at this table, he reminds them that you, are, you have been prepared to love people. You haven't been doing all of these things. They haven't been doing all this stuff for their own glory, for their own righteousness, for their own sake, for their own honor. They've been doing it to, to grow the kingdom of God. They've been doing it to serve God. Right? And Jesus is telling them that he's going to be leaving, and, he's, and they're going to be there, and they're going to now be the ones taking charge and taking over and continuing to do the work. But the biggest thing is that they love. Right? This commission of love has been granted. And that's even where we get the Maundy Thursday from. This comes from the Latin word of mandatum, which means commandment. It's this commandment to love. Right? And so getting back to my garden, I remember very specifically my mom telling me, she's like, Blake, what are you going to do? Like if all 15 of these watermelon plants pop up, like you're just going to have so much watermelon, you're not going to know what to do with it. And I remember even as that was the beginning of Lent for me, I remember planting and thinking about it. And the first thing that just came to my mind was I'm not worried about it because if I have more than I need, then I can give more away. I can think about my neighbor, Ashley, who's a single mom with her three boys, and I can walk over and bring her whatever extra I have. I can go over next door to my neighbor, Courtney, who might need something, and his wife who might need something. I mean, I can give them. I can go across the street to my neighbors I haven't met yet, and I've been nervous to say hi to and say, hi, here's some zucchini, um, right? And I can show them love and kindness and goodness. Jesus is calling us to a life of serving, to model our lives after him, and to give ourselves up for others. So may we, as we enter into this season now of thinking about Christ as he's um, preparing this meal for his disciples, may we think about the time when he's put on trial, may we think about the time of his death, but even his resurrection, that we are to love one another, that we are continually to give of ourselves and to give freely out of love.